Welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. This podcast is for anyone in the Australian financial planning ecosystem with a focus on life risk insurance. Whether you're a seasoned advisor or just starting out, I think you'll get heaps of value out of this podcast. I'm your host, Phil Thompson, and I'm a life risk insurance specialist, and you're listening to My Risk Advisor. Hey there, today we've got a special guest, Azaria Bell, who is a provisional advisor in my practice. And so today we're having an awesome conversation about the professional year, what Azaria's experience has been, what we could have done better, how amazing I was as a supervisor or not so amazing and what are the things I could have done better. And so today we're going to chat all about the professional year. We can't do this podcast without the help of Zurich and OnePath. So I want to start by saying thank you. Zurich and OnePath are your partners in life and also proud supporters of the My Risk Advisor podcast. So, Azaria, welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. Thanks for coming on and talking about the professional year. Thank you for having me on. No worries. Let's kick off the conversation by asking you a question about what is the professional year and like what's required of you. Yeah, so the professional year is split up into four quarters, each with varying levels of responsibility um, and things you're expected to do. So it kind of progresses in the way that your typical career progression looks like um, when you're becoming an advisor. So quarter one, you're going to be doing the duties of, let's say, a client services officer. Um, So liaising with clients, inputting data into the software that you use, uh, things like that. The second quarter is a bit more, I would say, like, the responsibilities of a power planner. So at that stage, you're expected to start actually drafting some of the advice, working with the advisor to get feedback um, and doing more hands-on work in the business. And then from quarter three, this is when you kind of start to practice the duties of an advisor. Um, At quarter three stage, you can start to have unsupervised meetings with the clients um, and you also have your name on the advice along with your supervisor. So it's kind of like you've got uh, a bit of a co-advisor structure at that point. So yeah, so it's split up over four quarters. The year part isn't necessarily true. I know for myself, it's taken me um, closer to 18 months than a year. Um, And there's a few things that you've got to do throughout the professional year. So in order to start the professional year, you need to either have completed your education or be almost complete. I believe that you can now start a professional year as long as you're in your last, I believe, semester of university. And then throughout the professional year, there's some things you're expected to do. So in order to proceed to quarter three of the professional year, you need to have finished your, you need to have passed your advisor exam. Um, So there's things like that that you've got to do. And you've also got to do 100 hours of education. So whether that's doing study, Kaplan, um, Zurich Zone, all of those kind of things you've got to be doing throughout the professional year. Yeah, cool. So you talked about it not being a 12-month period. I guess one of the biggest gaps for for us was, or for you, um, was that FASIA exam. So you got to wait to do the FASIA exam and then you've got to wait to, mm. to get your response, which can be, I don't know, a month and a half before you get the response, before you can start quarter three, which is a little bit of a pain in the neck. Um, exactly. If, if you ask me. Um, and so how did you go about finding um, an amazing practice to join to do your professional year? And, and also just give us a sense of what your career path has been. So did you finish uni and then join our business or what does that look like? 
Yeah, so I did my degree at Griffith and in the last 18 months of my degree, I started an internship with a firm in Brisbane um, and they were doing full scope advice. So I ended up working there for about three years um, and then I worked somewhere else briefly and then came to work for yourself, Phil. And I imagine anyone who chooses to work for an insurance only firm after having worked in full scope advice might have the same experience of me where I was thinking, is this the right step for me? What am I getting myself into by just doing insurance? But obviously I've had a really good experience, still here, still loving it. Um, And in terms of approaching the professional year issue, what I did and what I'd recommend anyone who wants to do their professional year should do is I wrote out a bit of a plan for how it would look. So I did things like find the FASIA exam date that I'd want to go with, um, set out the quarters and all the things that I'd need to do each quarter. And I kind of gave that to you, Phil, and said, this is what the professional year looks like. I'm doing the research so that you don't have to. Um, Bring me on board and we'll run it this way. And I think that kind of made the process a little less daunting and gave us a bit of a framework to work with. Yep. That's exactly right. I think if anyone who knows me knows that I'm kind of an idiot, so putting something um, on my plate and making it as easy as possible for me as a supervisor is definitely well appreciated. So, you kind of touched on being so Sky, we're insurance-only business. Um, so, help us kind of um, work through that, like the pros and cons of doing your professional year when you're not touching on a whole bunch of areas of advice but just one specialized area. What are the kind of the upsides and what are the downsides of that? Yeah, so I think for me, I was comfortable with it because I had had that experience working in full scope advice. So there's none of that FOMO for me now that I'm working in insurance only thinking, oh, what am I missing out on? I know exactly what I'm missing out on and I have always loved doing insurance. So I'm really enjoying having that specialized area of advice and just mastering that one area. Um, In terms of the pros, as I said, being the master of that one particular area, only needing to really be an expert on one thing has been really good. Um, And the way we, I guess we set up the business is that it's really affordable and accessible to a lot of young people, which is, had always been my goal in financial planning. I'd always wanted to help people my age get advice. Um, And now I'm working somewhere where we're doing that every day, which is really good. And in terms of the cons, there's not many cons for me anymore um, because I've decided this is what I want to do in my career going forward. But for someone coming into the financial planning industry and starting in insurance only advice, um, I can imagine maybe one of the cons would be that they're not sure what they're missing out on or um, perhaps fears around if things change in the insurance space, are they going to have to go back to full scope advice and are they going to be qualified or comfortable with that? So, there's a few pros and a few cons. Yeah, it's really interesting because we've talked about this before and I think um, from my point of view, um, it's, it's a really interesting kind of idea of what is the professional year and what is the benefit um, mm-hmm. and is it the technical expertise that you learn in the professional year that is the most beneficial um, or is it that understanding the soft skills and being in front of a, a client and communicating to a client... A, a complex concept that they've got no idea about and everything whether you're insurance whether you're self-managed super funds or you know individual stock picking um, it's all pretty complex um, work Mm -hmm. involved and communicating the complexity and and distilling it to something really simple to the client is really the value of an advisor and that's Mm -hmm. what I you know in our conversations when you've kind of mentioned oh maybe I wouldn't do this straight out of uni because of those concerns of or do I really want to pigeonhole myself into risk 
I kind of look at it as the professional year is about learning how to be an advisor. It's not about learning how to be the most brilliant technician possible. Mm -hmm. And so um, whether you are, and here we go, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching now, um, whether you're an insurance-only business like we are or a full-scope service business, like as long as you can gain that experience being an advisor, sitting in front of clients, talking to the clients, um, that's where I kind of see if I was to go out knowing what I know now to do my professional year, it would be the volume of client interactions would be something I would recommend to people that they, they go and seek. Yeah, totally. And I think the way I looked at the professional year, because when I was at university, I was at the stage where I probably could have got myself on the register before needing to do the professional year if I really pushed for it. Um, But in a way, I saw it as kind of like a graduate program. So if you go to uni and you do accounting or you do finance or economics, um, you go to these big firms and they put you through a structured year or two of training. There never was that in financial planning. So what I really liked about the professional year and the way that you treated it for me, Phil, coming into the business was you said, you're going to start from the very, very basics of data entry and you're going to experience every single job in this firm. So now that I'm a provisional advisor, I'm about to become a full you know, a fully qualified, ready to go advisor. Um, There's not a role in the business that I haven't done, um, which means that I can pick up anything and work from that, which I think the professional year really gave us some good structure around that. Yeah. And the the other thing about this business is we are fully remote. So, we've seen each other twice, I think, in in person um, in the the year and a half you've been here. Um, Help us understand the pros and cons of doing your professional year in a business where you're not sitting next to your supervisor. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the biggest pros for me was that I'd always wanted to be an advisor who works remotely. Um, A few years ago, that was like my 10-year goal and obviously COVID came and kicked in and I met you and I can do that straight away. So that's really good. Another good thing is that there's never any workplace conflict. We all love each other because we're not in each other's faces all the time. Um, So that's really good as well because God knows I'd be sick of Phil if I had to see him every day. (laughs) Ah, There we go. I was waiting for that. (laughs) Um, But in terms of the cons, at first, there were some teething issues for me. So coming into the business completely new, um, going through the professional year, I needed to be annoying. I needed to be asking Phil questions all the time. And it's hard when you're not in an office, you can't just pop in and and say something. So at the time, we were using um, a program called Slack to communicate. And sometimes you'll get a message and you won't respond straight away or you might be away from the computer. We ended up moving to a program called Discord. So if anyone here is an online gamer, they probably use Discord. People mainly use it to talk to their friends when they're playing video games. But, um, you know, we're a cool, funky, fresh business. We're using it in the business now. <laughs> That's it. And, um, <laughs> and the reason that we decided to try that was because you essentially have your own little online offices and you can just jump into someone's office and just start talking like you could in real life. So if I have a question for Phil... I just jump into his office, I ask him the question and I jump right out. There's no waiting for a reply um, or any of that kind of thing. It's as close to real life as possible and that's really helped me get the answers I need straight away um, and really reduce some of the stress I was having around, yeah, not being in person. Yeah, that's it. And it is it is difficult, um, you know, getting a text. Well, it, you know, Slack is essentially a text message, hey, can you help me with this? But if someone just comes and verbally says, hey, can you just tell me, 
do this. You can kind of keep writing your email and just, you know, well, I can as a supervisor can keep doing my work and not be fully distracted and just give you a quick, easy answer. And so that has been really helpful. And yeah, Discord, it's just a, a voice activated where you join someone's channel, um, which we call our, our own individual offices. Um, and, it, and Discord makes a noise like someone's entering your office and then and you can just have a chat. Um, and when I come into everyone's office, I just start yelling as loud as I can um, <laughs> just to make sure I get their attention. And then... Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure my neighbours know Phil's voice very well because he's always coming in and shouting something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, as loud and obnoxiously as possible. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's been really helpful. Kind of, yeah, um, growing and learning about how do we build a remote business. Mm-hmm. But I will say another con of being remote is that although we're forward thinking, you know, we we think remote working is super normal, no worries. Sometimes licensees can be a bit slower to adapt to that. So we did find that there were some issues in getting me onto the professional year um, because the licensee was concerned that we that Phil was not going to be able to adequately train me not being in person. So we did have to jump through a few extra hoops. We had to provide evidence of how we were going to be communicating regularly, what our plan was, um, how we expected to overcome those issues. Um, So just be prepared if you are working remotely and going through a professional year, you're going to have to kind of plead your case to the licensee. That's right. And I mean, it's a very legitimate question and I'll ask you this Mm -hmm. now. How do you actually, how are you actually being supervised in your professional year if we're not seeing each other face-to-face? How does that actually work in practice for you? Well, I think um, in a way, I think it's been better than the traditional being in the office with someone because I can jump in and talk to you anytime. I can message you anytime. We can Zoom anytime. Um, You're not constantly out of the office for three hours at a time driving to a client's house to have a meeting. Um, You're always available. Um, And another thing that we do is every morning at 8.30 or 9.30 Melbourne time, we have our morning meeting with all the staff. So we have a chat about what we did the day before, um, what we got on for the day. So to me, that's kind of like walking into the office in the morning and saying hello. It kind of gives you that structure that the day has begun. And we also have, you know, monthly check-ins. And whenever I have an issue, I know I can talk to Phil. So it hasn't been an issue at all. Awesome. So now, now you're in Q3, Q4. I should know this as your supervisor, shouldn't I? <laughs> Just about to finish quarter three. Great. So you're on the AR register. You can do what's called unsupervised meetings with clients. Mm-hmm. How was your yeah. first unsupervised meetings with a client? It was actually really good because it felt like the pressure was off because <laughs> we'd been having lots of meetings um, where you'd be there supervising uh, and towards the end of it, you'd just turn your camera off and just listen in the background and you'd say, don't interrupt. If you've got any, if you got any um, questions during the meeting, just treat it as if I'm not there, give the answer and then say you'll get back to them. So uh, over time when we were doing those meetings, you were kind of stepping further and further back. And then, yeah, so I had my first completely unsupervised meeting and it was really good. I just did double the preparation because I was terrified of being asked a question I wouldn't know the answer to and knowing that Phil wouldn't be there to save me. And yeah, I think... Sorry, Phil, love you, but not having you there and not worrying about <laughs> saying saying something funny, um, it, it was actually really good. So yeah, yeah, and, so far so good. And to give to give a bit of context, the 
what, 40 client meetings before that that you ran for me um, and, and I was supervising, I would literally sit there and write down any, any word <laughs> or phrase that you said that was incorrect where you would say um, something like, as you know, this is what life insurance is. I would write that down and I'll give you notes at the end of the meeting, say, hey, don't ever mm. say this. Clients, we don't expect clients to know this. So, yeah, I, I appreciate yeah. that there is a bit of pressure when you know if you make one mistake, even in the meeting, as you say, you're like, damn it, I'm going to hear about that at the end of the meeting. Yeah. Um, not having that um, can be a bit freeing, I guess. Uh, so I yeah, appreciate definitely. that. And how are the clients handled? You being a provisional advisor, have there been any hesitations or concerns from the advisors, uh, from the client's point of view? Sorry. No, it's been everyone's been really, really receptive to it. Um, so when the meetings that you were supervising at the start, you just say, "This is Azaria. She's a provisional advisor at Sky, and she's going to be running the meeting today." And clients did not question it; they were totally fine with that. Yeah, so yeah, and, it's been it's been great. Yeah, same same with me. I mean, that's as a supervisor, our clients didn't care at all. Like, if if it was normal for me, and I was communicating to the client that Azari's running the meeting, she's competent, she's capable, and I'm here um, just to be annoying um, and be around, um, then the clients were totally comfortable with it, and there was never once. Did we get any feedback or any concern from the clients that, oh, actually, I wanted Phil to go through? As much as I think people love me, um, people really don't <laughs> care about me as much as I think <laughs> they do. So um, they just want the outcome. Um, and so I want to communicate it and communicate well um, what the advice is, um, whether it's me or you. Um, it hasn't, hasn't been an issue. Um, so any, uh, any advisors out there who have a, someone doing their professional year or thinking about it and how will clients um, deal with that? We haven't had any issues whatsoever. Yeah, don't overthink it. Okay, so one question I have for you is, so there is, there is a bit of requirements on the supervisor. Um, so how have you gone about trying to make my life as easy as possible through your professional year? I don't think I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Okay. It's true. <laughs> no, you have. Okay, I'll, I'll answer my own question. Um, okay. So one thing, you know, as you said at the very beginning, you said, all right, this is the plan, this is what it's going to look like and your professional year plan did go for 12 months and it's been, it'll be 18 months by the time we, we everything's said and done, um, not because of anything you've done or, or anything like that. It's just it takes that time and I guess we probably underestimated that gap with Fazia and all of the issues that we've got to jump through hoops. Um, but just having that, me being able to throw to you and say, what are the requirements? What are you allowed to do? What are you not allowed to do? And um, empowering you to speak to the licensee. Um, you know, the, there is in quarter three and quarter four, you're allowed to do unsupervised meetings. Now, really, what does an unsupervised meeting mean? Um, we didn't know. Does that mean presenting a statement of advice? Does that mean doing an initial phone call? Like, what does that actually mean? And so, being able to say to you, look, have a chat to the licensee, you go and do that um, and get the answer for us um, has been really helpful for me as a supervisor to to um, basically get you to get all the answers for me. Yeah, definitely. Good question and answer, Phil. Um, oh, we probably don't need you for the rest of this interview, Azaria. I can just do it yeah, on my take own. take it from here. Um, so, okay, and then with the professional year, there's an education requirement. So, um, what does that look like? Yeah, so obviously work experience is the bulk of the professional year. Um, you keep that logbook of what you're doing on each day, but you also do need to complete 100 hours um, in that professional year of education. So for me, a, a bulk, the bulk of that was 
I had completed a ethics bridging course while I was doing my professional year. So I could count some of those hours towards it. And now I'm just catching up by doing um, Kaplan. So I've got the Kaplan on track. I've also been doing the Zurich Zone, um, a really good resource for anyone doing their professional year, as well as the TAL Advisor Academy. So there's lots of places to get CPD hours from, which is kind of what I'm using, um, as well as webinars and things like that. Um, One thing I'll mention is just check with your licensee before commencing your professional year if they have any expectation around milestones and when those hours should be done. Um, According to FASIA, or I guess now the ASIC requirements, there's no timeline on when you need to complete a certain amount of hours. It's just as long as the 100 hours are done before you finish your professional year. Um, But we came into an issue where we got halfway through, ready to proceed to quarter three. I hadn't completed half of the hours and they were um, at that stage going to prevent me from moving forward until I'd completed half. We ended up figuring that out. Um, it was we a spat the requirement. dummy is a, is a nice feel, way of saying yeah, that. We spat the dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever anything's figured out in the business, it's Phil spitting the dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I whinge until everyone just gives up. It's like, oh, just get him to shut up yeah. and we'll do, do whatever he says. <laughs> so I think the lesson from that for me was it's all well and good to understand the FASIA rules and the bare minimum requirements of the professional year, but also talk to your licensee and see if they have any rules or preferences on top of that that you'll also need to abide by and that'll save you a lot of pain. That's right. And it's a moving beast as well. So FASIA mm-hmm. is uh, no longer um, – like the professional year is now administered from a completely different body. Um, there's a whole bunch of other moving pieces whereby um, advisors need to be licensed from the tax practitioners board, but now those requirements are kind of getting pegged back a bit. So there's a whole bunch of moving pieces from an advice landscape and a more broad legislative landscape that you've kind of got to be on top of that and, and in regular communication with the licensee to say, hey, this is what Fazia said. Now it's administered by a completely different body. What's going on now? And and your licensee is probably going to put up their hands and say, look, to be perfectly honest, we've got no idea. We're kind of guessing through it as well. So, um, you know, to be fair to licensee, they've done an amazing job and, and me spitting mm-hmm. the dummy is not annoyed at them, but it's just more of a, it's a frustrating experience when we have an expectation and then the goalposts do move um, mm-hmm. and it's not a licensee complaint. It's a overall broad fazier kind of you know it's a moving beast and it's all new yeah. so um yeah that's i do spit the dummy on a regular basis um <laughs> but it, the people i sometimes it, it gets directed to i understand why they they do the things they do um so apologies yeah. to uh some some people in the licensee <laughs> uh, who bear the brunt um so we've we've talked about we're we're an insurance only business. You're doing your professional year. You're in quarter three, almost starting quarter four. So what is what does a typical week look like for yourself? So at this stage, I've um, I mean the weeks have always looked different throughout the professional year, but now being in quarter three, um, what I'm doing is a mix of client work for who will eventually become my own clients and working on some of your stuff still. So um, writing a lot of power planning requests. So formulating the advice, um, getting that approved by Phil. So I'll still need all advice documents to be approved by Phil before I can complete my professional year. So doing lots of those, having client meetings, um, doing all the file notes, sending off the documents and things like that. 
Um, and then just at the moment working on some leftover things from when I was in earlier quarters. So helping um, clients increase their existing covers, um, doing ROAs and things like that. So it's a bit of a mix at the moment, but trying to tie up as much as I can so that I can focus on writing um, advice documents for clients that I'll eventually be looking after. All right, now we are, I mean, we're not almost through the end of it, but we're through majority of the professional year. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? I probably put less pressure on myself to think that I need to get it done in 12 months' time. Um, not only can things take longer than 12 months due to just the the inefficiencies maybe of the professional year, um, but also you've got to take time learning as much as you can and it's not about... Um, a race to the end of being an advisor. You want to make sure you get there and you're comfortable um, with your level of knowledge and your your experience working with clients. Um, again, I'd definitely be chatting to the licensee a bit more detail and finding out what their expectations are um, on top of what's just required. And another thing that's been really helpful for me is um, talking to other people who've been going through their professional year. There's a Facebook group called the Community of Professional Year Advisors, which is just run by people who are doing their professional year. Um, and there's a few people from licensees or from the regulators in there as well. So the community asks questions, share their frustrations or share things that have been helpful to them. So it's been really good to have that community there. And the number one tip I'd give myself is start doing your Kaplan hours earlier because I'm scrambling now. So that's not fun. <laughs> I think yeah. that's something that all advisors have have warned me on, but um, here we are. Yeah. What was that Facebook group called again? It was called... Community of Professional Year Advisors. Correct. All right, yeah. I'm joining. Woohoo. I'm in. Welcome. Oh, yeah. And also just touching on what you said about um, giving yourself a bit more time, I think... I think the funny thing about a professional year and it can be a little bit misleading is like once you finish the year, you're now suddenly capable um, and mm. prior to that, you're not capable. Um, when in the past when you became an advisor and you were a month in or two months in or 12 months in, it wasn't like a, I'm, I'm all good now or I'm not, not good. It's, it's a spectrum of learning and improving and always just getting better and better at what we do. Um, so the professional year, yeah, once you finish, you can't just be like, oh, all good, I'm, I'm set to, you know, I've peaked on my professional education and, and learning. Um, that's like I'm still getting better every day that I'm doing it and I've been advising for 10 years and, and I've got heaps of growth uh, in my professional development. So that idea that once you finish your professional year, you're, you're, yes, you may be signed off to provide advice on your own um, without any supervision, um, but it's not a finish line. It's really only just the beginning of your actual professional development. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, anything else that you want to touch on about the professional year before we wrap things up? Um, nothing I can think of at this stage, but if anyone's listening and has any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to have a chat about it um, and share my experience if that's of value to anyone. Any adv- oh, Actually, I've got a question. Any advice for a business who is going to bring on someone who's doing their professional year, i.e. what should I have done better? <laughs> um, I think, well, I think nothing that you could have done better, Phil. Oh, Absolutely what a perfect. suck up. Okay, good. <laughs> Get paid this week. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to get paid around here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but one thing I really appreciated was how open you were about the professional year. It wasn't something I had to convince you of. 
um, and it wasn't, you never made it feel like a burden. Um, I think just having a supervisor who's supportive, who is invested in your professional development and will take that time is extremely valuable um, and will also help your business because you're going to have a more confident, comfortable advisor in your firm. So um, be as receptive as you can, help out yeah, as much as you can. And what else? I think of one more thing. Why are we thinking that? I think just in general, just the idea of like professional development or developing staff as a burden on an employer. Like, I mean, I hear advisors talk about this stuff and it just kind of makes me cringe when people talk about this because really that's your job is your job as an employer of people is to help them be better, whether they're going to be in your business for 20 years or whether they're going to be in your business for you know 12 months if they're in there for 12 months it's a bit of a pain in the neck and you can get a bit grumpy but you really want them to be better than when they came in um, because they'll serve you know as long as you're around in my business and and everyone else in the team you'll be serving the business as best as possible Mm -hmm. if I develop you Um, this idea that if you train people you're just more likely to lose them is just dumb totally if you're providing a workplace environment that people feel supported, um, that they enjoy working in, that they've got the flexibility that they need, then they're not going to go elsewhere. So, yeah, if you're going into that, it with a positive mindset, you're going to have a good outcome. Yeah, and sometimes it can be a pain in the neck, but don't burden the team of, of that. Like, you know, the amount of times yeah. I've whinged about, you know, having to deal with, you know... <laughs> The licensee, not that the licensee experience is bad, but there were times where we went into battle with the licensee and just say, hey, let's have a conversation about how I can supervise Azaria even though we don't sit next to each other. Like that is a burden, but I'd never place that, or I tried not to place that on you and go, oh, Azaria is really going to be a pain in the neck. Look what you're making me do. I'm going to have to waste (laughs) time on this. Like it was more of a, um, well, that's just a ticket to the game. We need to have a conversation and bring them on board and bring them with us on explaining how this is going to work because we've already worked it out. We've already discussed this internally. We just need to bring them along um, as to as to how that's going to work. Yeah, that's it. All right, last two questions. First of all, when do you get a chance to do your emails? <laughs> um, I just mm, – that's a good question. <laughs> Do you do it in the morning? Do you do it at night? Do you do it all through the day? Yeah, I try to do as many as I can in the morning and then ignore them for the rest of the day and pick up what came through the next morning. Otherwise, I'd just be in and out of emails all day. So I'll get a message from you like, did you see that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> That's tomorrow's problem. <laughs> it's good my tone comes across when I send you a message. Did you see that email? Let's hurry up, pick it up. Um, yeah, so it's good. It's good the tone It really is through. anything... <laughs> rarely is anything so urgent that it needs to be done at that moment. Usually I'm happy to just keep working on what I'm doing in uninterrupted, pick it up the next morning. Yeah, awesome. And the last question, um, what's one interesting hobby that you have? Oh, um, God, there's actually a few at the moment. <laughs> I've recently learned how to play Texas Hold'em poker, so I've been doing that a lot. <laughs> what about, what, what, what's, your, what's your favourite sport to watch and sport, we can use that term very, very loosely. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. My favorite sport to watch is um, chess. <laughs> chess World Championships. Everyone listening, yeah. Azaria watches the Chess World Championships. <laughs> Only a little bit because they do take over an hour to make a move sometimes. Um, 
But yeah, I did, I did watch them recently and I've been getting relentlessly bullied for it ever since. <laughs> I wouldn't say bullied. We, we enjoy that that's your hobby. Um, yeah. <laughs> we enjoy laughing at you that that's your hobby. All right, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on board and I hope everyone listening has gotten value out of that, whether you're thinking about taking on a professional year advisor, whether you're about to step into that or if you're halfway through, I hope you got some value out of this conversation and thanks for joining us, Azaria. Thanks so much for having me. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode and you think someone else will get value out of it, I'd love it if you could forward it on to them. And as always, we can continue the conversation in the My Risk Advisor Facebook group. All you need to do, open up Facebook and search My Risk Advisor and I'll see you in there.